Hey guys, I'm Jody Holland. And I'm Megan Holland. And we are on the podcast titled Become the Leader. We're going to be talking about how you create the next generation of leaders and what skill sets are required of that. But I think there's a really important topic that we have to start with, and that is the topic of self-worth. Man, think about that. Think about the number of people that don't take action on their dreams, that don't chase their dreams, that don't do what they really ought to do in life because they're just uncertain of themselves. Absolutely. I think a lot of people like to just sit there and hope that a purpose falls into their lap and that self-worth will just build up on its own. But to me, it's something that you have to consciously work at. I would agree with that. So tell me about a time that you've experienced being kind of uncertain about yourself. Oh yeah. Well, when I was younger, I had the mentality that I was only as good as my grades were or how many friends I had or even how I looked in the mirror. And I think that's the same for a lot of people growing up um, because it's so easy to give into your emotions and let other people control how you feel about yourself. And then you start acting the same way. But To me, that was miserable because I wasn't looking forward to anything because I was always worried about what could go wrong or who I could upset. So one of the things that I think that has made that worse, particularly for your generation, you just graduated from UT Austin. Hook them. That's right. So congratulations on that. But when you you think about what your generation has faced, there's so much more comparison today than there was when I was growing up. You know, I graduated college in 1994, which was like forever ago, as I understand it. And uh, we didn't have social media. I mean, Facebook wasn't started until I think it was 1999 or 2000, somewhere in there. And so a lot of the social media stuff, like precursor to Facebook was MySpace, which (laughs) Justin Timberlake now owns. But it was still going out there and going, well, look at me versus look at you. And I can relate to what you're saying on the the high school thing. Like you were popular or not popular based on how many friends you had, what you looked like, what kind of car you drove. How many likes you got. In your case, how many likes you got. We really didn't get any likes on our cars unless somebody shoe polished your car. And then you knew that they liked you. (laughs) But there was no social media, so we didn't have to worry about the comparison. And I think that comparison is a big part of what makes it difficult. Absolutely. Um, You know, you look at social media and you think, well, this person is my age and they're doing all of these things and I'm just struggling to get by. So you think, what am I doing wrong? I'm not good enough. But you have to let go of that idea or you're going to be stuck in the same place the rest of your life. You have to actually just get out there and work towards something. And so you just made a really interesting point. One of the things that I read from both Carl Rogers and Abraham Maslow, who were you know, two of the three primary people with humanistic psychology, they talked about that the highest pursuit of any human is the pursuit of an altruistic purpose. So something that is their higher self. But at the basis of that was struggle. There's no value in achieving something if there was no work put into achieving it. And when you look at people that you go, well, they're 18 or 20 or 25 or 48 years old, and they're so much further along in life than I am, what we're really saying is I'm not enough because they're more. Right. But that's not really what it is. You have to look at it and go, okay, well, what did they do 
to get to where they're at. And I actually saw a kind of funny meme that a friend of mine showed me yesterday of how to make your first $10 million. And it was like step one, get up at five every day. Step two, meditate for 30 minutes. Step three, read for an hour a day on books that will improve your life. Step four, uh, always hustle, work 10 to 12 hours a day or more. Step five, have a dad that owns a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> Steps, you know, and it was kind of funny because they threw the, you know, having a parent in there that had a lot of money that owned something that you could just take over. There's value in that if you work for it. But I think where the lack of self-worth comes in is we feel no value in our lives when we sacrificed nothing. Yeah. You get out of life whatever you put into it. Yeah. How many people don't appreciate how good they look when they don't have to work at it? Like when I was in high school, I could eat anything I wanted to eat. I drank a milkshake for breakfast, ate donuts for lunch, had a medium pizza as a snack, had a big supper and then ate cereal before going to bed. And I did it like seven days a week and had six pack abs. I was in amazing shape, but I didn't really try that hard. And now that I'm not 15 years old, the fact that I have to work so much more diligently at it makes me appreciate being in shape that much more because I know what sacrifice I made. Same thing is true in business. I think people wear a badge of honor when they've given something up. I mean, even though you thought a lot of your esteem came from your grades, you worked really hard at your grades, right? Oh, yes. So there was value in it. So you had the right to be proud of the thing that you accomplished. Had you not worked at it at all and been valedictorian, you'd have been like, yeah, what's it matter? Yeah. But when you worked that diligently and you were valedictorian, then it mattered greatly. Your effort and your time that you spent working towards that gave it value to you. Right. But there, there wouldn't have been value without the sacrifice. Um, Viktor Frankl, who wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning, just post-World War II, he said that we have to have a purpose that is bigger than ourselves. We have to have something that goes beyond just simple vanity. Uh, and I don't remember who said the next thing. It wasn't Frankel, but he talked about uh, how if you don't have a grand purpose, if you don't have anything that you're pursuing, then idle vanity will be the pursuit that you go after. And I think that's what we see a lot today is people are so worried about their hair and their their makeup and their looks and their car and their whatever, because they don't have anything else that they're driving towards. Yeah. Um, it's something that you have to work at at all times. And I think that that can be both mental and physical because sometimes self-worth comes from just accepting who you are and where you are in life. Mm -hmm. And other times it means taking actions to get you to where you want to be and, you know, really putting in that effort to get to who you want to become. So you're saying it's not just sitting around and waiting for things to happen. It's actually going out and making them happen. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to do something for it. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, I think that there is this dragon that we face. And Stephen Pressfield in his book, uh, The War of Art, which is the opposite of Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War. But in The War of Art, he says that the dragon of procrastination is what often keeps us in our slump of not accomplishing and not seeing our own value. But when I went into business, this was back in 1999, I asked 
a, a guy that was mentoring me. I'm like, well, how do you get successful? And he goes, well, you got to close some deals. I said, well, how do you close some deals? He's got to call on people. Well, how do you do that? Well, you go join the Chamber of Commerce and call everybody. I'm like, there's 1,800 people in the Chamber of Commerce at that point. I said, what if nobody says yes? He goes, call them again. You just keep going at it. Right. And so I remember going through that in that first year. and I literally made like 3,600 cold calls. I guess the second ones were not quite as cold because I called the same 1,800 people a second time. But I ended up closing 52 deals in 52 weeks. Wow. So it wasn't too bad. And I got paid pretty decent on each one of those deals because it was my own business. But I, I now wear that as a badge of honor that I was willing to sacrifice. So I know the value of my business because I gave up so much time, so much energy, and so much ego to get to where I wanted to be. And don't you think that that struggle is exactly what makes you a great person? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about going to the gym, even you're working on building muscle and sometimes you have to tear the muscle down before it can be built back up. Yeah, it's the same thing in life. You have to go through rejection, through obstacles in order to be better. But I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier. So often when we compare ourselves to those social media influencers, all we're seeing is the final polished video or the final polished picture with 42 filters on it. And we're not really seeing who they are for real. And so your self-worth isn't based on who you are compared to someone else. Your self-worth is based is who you are compared to what your potential is and where you've come from and what effort you put into it. Yeah. I found my self-worth the moment I let go of what I thought self-worth was because it's not social, it's not physical, and it's not even inherent. It's something I worked towards, and it was me trying to be better than the person I was yesterday. I like that. So let's go back to that one more time. You found self-worth when you let go of what you thought it was and embraced that it was a choice to keep moving towards the person you could be. Yeah. I like um, that. And it was around the same time that I switched schools. Um, so halfway through high school, I started going to a new school and it was a risk that I took. And I lost a lot of friends in the transition and I felt like I was just not where I needed to be. I regretted my decision. And then one day I just realized, you know, I need to be content with myself and I need to work towards who I want to be. And so I stopped comparing myself on social media. I kind of took a step back from that. Yeah. And I started looking at myself in the mirror and just being happy with who I was and happy with the body that I have and with my abilities that, you know, everything that I could do and everything that I could be. I like that. But that's a, that's a disciplined process, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, that's learning to let go of the other voices and embrace just your own voice, that inner voice that says, I don't need other people to validate who I am. I just need me. Yeah. And of course, there are going to be off days where that's not always the case. Like you can be working towards your best self and you can appreciate who you are in the moment, but there will still be days when you struggle with that and think, I'm not good enough. I can't do this, but then you just have to ask yourself, 
What do I need to think right now to be okay? What do I need to do to have a better tomorrow? I like that. So you're just changing your current belief system in order to change your perspective. Yeah. And I might have learned that from you. You might have. It's a great <laughs> lesson either way, though. And I think it's a valuable one. Yeah. So what advice, like if you think about the next generation of leaders, they're, they're graduating college, they're going to work. What do they need to be thinking about for where they're starting to where they can be? I think a lot of people think that they deserve the world the moment they get out of college or even out of high school and that things just needed to be handed to them because, oh, well, now I have this degree. I deserve the best possible job because of my degree. And so why do people deserve a great job? It's just a mindset. So that you deserve a great job only, this, this is me throwing some stuff in there. When you go earn it, you deserve it. Yeah. So you get a good job. You make it a great job because you bust your butt at it and you demonstrate that it was worth them taking a risk on you. You always have to work your way up and prove what you're able to do, why you deserve to be there, and why you deserve to be promoted in the future too. I like that. I like that. And I really feel like when people take that attitude that I'm going to earn it every single day, then they do. And I know in my own business, nobody, there was no safety net. If I didn't go earn it, there was no money. There was nobody backing me up. There was no guaranteed contracts. There was none of that. It was just go get it every day. And then once I got to where I could get some retainer contracts and some things like that, it obviously got easier but that was two years in before I had that stability. So I like what you're saying that we don't really deserve a great job. We earn a great job. Yeah. I mean, you think about what people call an overnight success. You see this person and they're all of a sudden famous. They're in the spotlight. But you have no idea how long it took them to get there. The years of hard work, practice, dedication, just to be in the spotlight finally. Yeah, the number of, number of attempts where they failed, um, that's a pretty big one. Yeah, you have to start small and work your way up from there. I mean, even if you think about a part-time job, you have to give it your all, and then you can show your employers that you are dedicated and that you can work your way up from there, and then you can get to a place of management. I like it. And you don't really have to be in management to be good at something. Oh, yeah, just... Put your all into it. To be show honest, effort. it was a lot easier before I got into management. And then once <laughs> I started managing people, I'm like, man, this is a whole different skill set besides just being a performer. But I think you get the odd opportunity, like you're saying, to move into management because you were already a performer. Yeah. Ultimately, you're working towards what you want. So if you don't want to work in management, you still just work really hard in the position that you're at to show that you deserve to stay in that position if that's what you want to do. I like it. I'm going to give you a little round of applause there if I hit the right one. Nope, that was <laughs> it. That's applause. All right, so we're going to wrap it up for this time. Uh, next time, we're going to talk a little bit about how you create the right image of you so that you have the opportunities to move up in life. So we talked a little bit about self-worth this time. The next time, we're going to talk about how you intentionally create 
a self-image that moves you forward in life. I'm Jody Holland. And I'm Megan Holland. And we appreciate you being on the Become a Leader podcast, helping you create the next generation of leaders. If you have any questions for us, please reach out. You can email us leaders at jodyholland.com. We'd glad to take your questions. We'd glad to answer them. We'll definitely give you a shout out. Make sure you go give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends about us. And again, any feedback you've got, any questions you've got, anything specific you want to hear about, we would love to hear from you, the listeners. We'd love for you to be a part of the Leadership Nation. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you the next time.